Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We are going to be recapping a book called Imprinted, Discovering and Parenting Your Child's Identity by Ty Ann McClendon. And I have actually met this author. She was a mutual friend um, that got, or one of our mutual friends was getting married. And so she was actually at the wedding. And so that's where I actually heard about the book from the author. So, wow. Yeah. So what was, um, what was your takeaway? Um, I gave it five stars. I loved it. And it's, it's a super easy read. It's a very quick read. Um, but there's just so many good things that she touches on and brings out, um, it just really helped reframe a lot of things and kind of give you, um, an, a, with your parenting, um, a biblical perspective of things like daily life things and just really seeing like the bigger picture and how, and kind of how kids perceive things too. Cause sometimes I think we get, or I know I do like, I'm thinking like an adult and, and I forget that they are not processing that way. Mm-hmm. So I thought she did a really good job of kind of pulling out, um, both sides of that kind of how parents think and then how kids think and and kind of being intentional so what was um what was what did you rate it I guess four and a half four and a half half stars (laughs) I I I, there were parts of it I I mean I really liked it but there was some parts I I I kind of disagreed with a little bit so I, I thought well I couldn't give it five but I can give it four and a half well, cool. What were the parts you disagreed with? Uh, well, and not that I disagree with what she said, but I, uh, she said she kind of was not sold on doing Bible stories so much as doing real life things. But having been a kid from a, a background that there wasn't a lot of real life uh, stories that depict the Bible, I, I actually love Bible stories. I love love that. So, um, you know, that makes people that have a different kind of background than she has to feel bad, you know, instead of saying, well, and she's really good at the end of the end of that chapter. She said, you do, you do you, you go ahead and do what, how you do it. But I'm just like, not everyone was fortunate enough to have, uh, uh, parents that lived out their faith. So it's interesting that you read it that way, because that's not the way that I read it, because I remember that part and and the way that I interpreted it was more of like, like that they obviously they do do Bible stories and, you know, Bible and all that. But just they're adding the the real life stories too. like don't lose don't get so caught up in the 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 biblical stories and you're not tying it into your daily life, you know. But to because, me, if you're really you doing the Bible stories, it it just it does tie in with your Bible life, with your real life. But that was my only, you know. But different people, hey, we're different. So, you know. No, that's good. I mean, I, I can see how you could 
see either way but i was like when i what i did i really liked the the, the i am statements even and that doesn't have to be for kids that could be for grown-ups too um because mm-hmm. i have an older friend she's 80 and she says i am dumb i am so stupid i am this and all that uh and i asked her why she did that after reading this book i felt like i had some more um you know i had some information that i thought i could share with her but because I said, God says I am that I am. So really you're made, you're an image bearer of God. Mm -hmm. So when you say I am dumb, aren't you saying that God is dumb? No, I'm saying that. So I will show people how humble I am. That's what she said. I said, well, wouldn't that be false humility? No. And so I told her what, uh, Tyann said in the book, you know, and all that. But she told me, she said, I disagree with that. Mm. And so, I was just like, mm. but I feel like our society, yeah, like, uh, you know, and that's true. Like, in I think we all, when someone's giving you a compliment, a lot of times it's hard to take it. A lot of times we'll say, like, even if it's like, oh, your dress looks nice. Oh, I, you know, this old thing, you know, it's, you know, we always put it down because we can't fully take the compliment. And, but putting it down and all that, that's not being humble. We think that's being humble and it's really not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a huge misconception, a lie that we've bought into as a society. And I actually really liked what she said about um, her kids, like when they when they receive a compliment and she tells them, rub it in and actually yeah. take their hand and rub it in. And I've noticed with my kids, especially my oldest, he has trouble taking a compliment and we'll say something um, and he just has trouble. So after that, I've told him, OK, we're going to rub it in. It, it all you you know if you get a compliment all you need to say is thank you and because really when someone's giving you a compliment that is a gift they are gifting you there's something nice that they're gifting you and so it kind of tarnishes their gift when you're like oh mm-hmm. no it's it's not you it's argue not with them yeah yeah you're so i like that like rub it in if you get a compliment rub it in and that's not being prideful well that so, that is just being a good receiver yeah. And sometimes it's hard it. to receive. It's, no, it takes yeah. vulnerability. I have trouble with that myself. Yeah. So uh, actually one, receiving it is being humble. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, on page, page 26, she said, we find our identity when we know his. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Um, so huge. So because unless we know God, we won't know that we are an image bearer. If, if you're an image, if we're made in his image, we better know what kind of image we're made in. And I think a lot of times that gets misconstrued. And I know, so we're doing the Bible recap together. And that's what I love about it is every single time she's like, um, he's where, where God's where the joy's at. And it's just like her, like she pulls out the, the good attributes of God. And I think society, when they think of God, they think of someone who's ready to smite people down. And, and that's not his identity. And so we can't get our identity right if we're not even getting his identity right. You know that's true. That may be why we have this a problem. I liked when it says every person's spirit needs, and it says in bullet points to feel welcome, to feel valid, to be accepted, to feel valued and loved. Every person craves security, uh, and to know they have a purpose in this world. And that in the other fact, she said, was we were created to worship. So God gave us all this. We have all that. Mm. 
But, yes, you know, we have a purpose. We're to be his vessels in this world. We're supposed to be a reflection of him. I mean, really, it's pretty heavy if you think of image bearer. Mm, you know, yeah. that that thing, it keeps coming up all the time because, I mean, we have to bear his image. So I think um, our identity it keeps us anchored in the truth. I think she said that one. I mean, and I, like I, I was you, writing down a bunch of stuff. I like how you just now connected that to purpose, too, because it's like, and that connects to the Lincoln Highway, the the last oh. audio book that we did is like, oh, yeah, when there's a lack of purpose, it's just like, it's so sad. Good and connection. It, it doesn't end well. And so, and that's what I highlighted on page eight. She said, identity begets destiny. So to focus on destiny will get you off course. So I think that's a lot of times we're so focused on like, okay, what is, what, what is my purpose? What is my destiny? Da, da, da. But you, you have to start with identity. If you don't know that, then you're off course. You know? That's true. And we, we can only, and that's the, that's, that character was very sad to me because he had no purpose. And I think it, and we have people today that are so concentrating on um, doing this and doing that and not working on going from inside out. You have to know who you are. hundred percent. Yeah. I thought that was powerful. Yeah. And, uh, and she also tells us in the book, which all parents need to hear and all, all people, because uh, so I've got a different viewpoint than you do because I've raised kids mm-hmm. and then I've taught kids even a different viewpoint than her. And she was very humble at the first at the front of this because she said, my kids aren't raised. They're still children. And and yes, it, it be I think just being a parent is a big dose of humility for everybody, mm-hmm. because yes. a lot of people say, well, my kids aren't going to do that. Well, my kid, and so you just don't. But what we do, what you can take away from this book is get your kids in to God and teach mm-hmm. them God and let them go where they want to go. I yes. mean, I, having had three kids, they were all different. And as you know, Caleb loved frogs and uh, he loved football. You loved music. And, and Cam, he, he still does like karate. And you all went were different. Mm-hmm. But you all are created in God's image. So if you get that image bearer thing, if you just get one thing, if you get that one thing right, and you know, you, you put that daily in your kids' lives, then they will be okay no matter what road they go to. Because they're going to zig and they're going to zag. And they may be doing something totally different than they thought they would do when they were eight, you know. Yes. But they still are going to be an image bearer of God. So that's what I appreciate. I mean, she, we all need to know. And and my prayer when you guys, raising you guys, I wanted to be consistent. So it really made me feel good. I'm reading in there and it, she said, kids crave consistency. Well, mm-hmm. I knew I craved it as a kid and I never got it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be a parent because I didn't have good, I didn't have, no, I didn't have any training, <laughs> you know. So when I saw that, I said, well, you know, with God's help, God's instruction. I was just reading the Bible and everything, but that would be the thing. Trust, trust God. I mean, I said, well, God gave me kids. He must want me to be a parent. I mean, that was all him. I mean, and you were, you were very consistent. So like that was, and consistency creates safety. Um, I a hundred percent agree. And to, to go back on what you're saying too, like the, I like how we're all different. I think, I think, and, and she does a great job of celebrating that and, and making sure each kid knows 
um, that it's it, to be who you are. And like, we're kind of struggling a little bit with that with our two, our youngest one just wants to do what the older one's doing. And, and I've, I've told him like, mm-hmm. you know, be you, it's okay. Like, you know, he, he's more into sports and, and he likes all this stuff that the other one doesn't like. So, and that's okay. Like we need to live in a society where we don't all have to be doing the same thing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. we can learn from each other and still have different interests. And that's, but I think that good. comes with age. Cause there were, you know, he's still pretty young. And for a while there, you tried to do everything your brother did. If you don't remember, I mean, well, I don't I even remember. know if you, I don't even know if you really liked frogs or whatnot, but you, you wanted to, and then suddenly you just broke off and then you started doing basketball. Mm-hmm. And of course he had no interest in that at all, you know? And so then you went on to music and other stuff, you know? So did you love the, I loved the part where she was talking about when um, somebody, the one kid did, didn't I don't understand what the teacher was doing exactly but it was like a secret student I didn't get that part uh but anyway the girl wanted to be the secret student that that I guess that was the teacher's way of keeping everybody in check or something Uh, oh I I remember that so the secret so basically it's like so throughout the day there would be one student that would be the secret student and that's that's the one she's watching so you don't know if she's watching you or not that day so it's like she's hyper focused on if so if you're the secret student she's watching you do really good well then that's great you know what i'm saying that's like mm-hmm. i guess that, i think that's what you're t- referring to but i like the, the 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 author she says she the girl would be crying because she never was the secret student and they prayed about it and they prayed about it and they just gave it to jesus and then G, you know she still wasn't the next day and you know she's just kind of but she said I could have went to the teacher and solved that problem for her, but she made a point and she said, let your children solve their own problems Mm -hmm. and you're going to pray about that. And you're going to pray. And eventually she was the student of the day. And she said, Jesus did it. And so Jesus got the glory in that instead of mom. Yes. That That was beautiful. Give God the glory, not, not ourselves. And another jewel she had in there was, um, I do not receive that. (laughs) Oh, so powerful. Yeah, so, so when someone powerful. insults you, she taught her kids to say, I don't receive that. And then she all, all, she also says, uh, they'll remind her when something happens, they'll say, just don't receive that. Oh, and you know, when you think, when you're, there's so many times in our society where people kind of speak curses over you, not even intentionally, but sometimes there's just a lot of negative people and they're like, oh, well, that's not going to work. Or, oh, you know, you'll probably get sick or, you know, there's a lot of times people will say stuff over you. And so I think it's important. And I was like, I love that. She's like, I don't receive that. You know, it's like, don't, don't receive a lie. Yeah. And I just heard this. I had this training of situational awareness and this guy, he tells everybody he trains. He said, never, never accept the phrase. We've done that before as the end statement, because Mm -hmm. you haven't done it with this group of people. You haven't done it with this technology. You did it five years ago. It didn't work. Well, it might work now. And I said, I, I thought that was such a positive because I've heard people say, well, we've done that before. Not with this Mm -hmm. group. Yes. I mean, I've heard teachers say that. Well, I tried that and it didn't work. What 20 years ago, you tried it one time 20 (laughs) years ago, you know, the timing, you got to trust God's timing. And I, I thought that was good. I think that's a great point. And, and 
that kind of goes with the humble thing too, you know, like saying, oh, we did that before. You're not being humble, you know, you're, you're not wanting them to, yeah, you have the curse of knowledge because you think you're all that in a bag of chips, you know, oh yeah, we tried that and it didn't work. Okay. Move on. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing about knowledge is, yeah, that you can have a ton of knowledge, but there's a, di- but the difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge is knowing something and wisdom is applying what you know big difference if you can you can know everything and still not have wisdom and wisdom Mm -hmm. is what that's where the money's at you know that's that's where that's where the wherever the sweet spot's at is the wisdom when you're applying what you know and uh, i've even used this at school uh, and she she says don't ha- don't let kids say I'm sorry say can you forgive me because of humility that's more yes. of a humility thing to be humble about what did you do you because he's she said I'm sorry could be I'm sorry I got caught yes and I know for a fact that would be what most kids would be sorry for they got caught but can you forgive me and that works I mean and I've of course I'm talking uh at school and I've used it this past week and it works instead of saying, I'm sorry, say, no, what, what should you do? And can you forgive me? And that it, it, I've noticed a big difference in the kids. I mean, even it's, we've taught our kids that, and there is even, even the kids, we do it both to each other. When, when I do something wrong, I say, Oh, you know, can you forgive me? And the same with them. Like, it really softens your heart when someone says, can you forgive me instead of, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry doesn't, it's it just, it doesn't do anything hardly, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, but when you say, can you forgive me? Then you're both active participants in restoring the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. someone's seeking and someone has to give forgiveness. So it really is super beneficial. And there was another powerful point she made about when she's talking about, uh, and I agree with her, they've made the uh, decision to tell the kids that there is an enemy. And because I do think you need to know the enemy. Oh, and yeah. She's, and, and she, my powerful thing, I wrote this down. Enemy, the enemy lies about who you are and who you aren't. Mm. I thought that was powerful. Mm-hmm. Because we've got to teach our kids discern because don't listen when someone says i remind me of the story of nehemiah because they're saying oh if a fox was on that wall it would crumble blah 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 well they knew that wasn't true and they Mm -hmm. kept those people had a mind to work and they kept building the wall but because they didn't buy the lie and how many times so and we're being lied to uh, you know on your phone you see advertisements or in the on tv you know you're not thin enough you're not dark enough you're not light enough you're not this enough you're not that enough so you know we're buying the lie Mm -hmm. and we're letting our kids get into that same trap that's i'm so glad that you pulled that out because that really it i feel like that's one of the harder things that I've experienced in adulthood is really accepting who you are, you know, and you hear that, but it's like, it, it really is because you can't really truly be walking in your destiny until you accept who I am. And I know you've listened to the, that, um, is it Clutterbug or is Mm -hmm. your podcast? Really good podcast. And she has all these, um, she talks about different, uh, organizational styles, (laughs) but the cool thing is that you 
part of that is accepting who you are. Because all of us want to be this super organized, almost OCD person. We would all love to have that type of thing. But the reality is like, so I think she, I, I think I'm classified as a ladybug on her thing, which I like things to look good, but I'm not super organized in the drawers and stuff like that. But she can still work with you by, you know, you have a drawer for certain things and all this. And, and basically I'm not going to put it away if I have to open a lid, if I can just open a drawer and throw it in. I will put it away, but I have to accept that that's who I am and figure things that work with that. And that's helped so much. And yeah. And I think it's superficial, she, but she, well, no, that's a good connection. That's a great connection because that lady is getting a lot of traction because she's starting where you are. Mm-hmm. She's not redoing you. She's validating you. And she's saying, here's what we're working with and here's how we're going to do it. And cause I happen to be a, uh, what am I, a butterfly? You're a butterfly. So you like a, to see everything. Everything. Open shelves, baskets, everything. And she's right. She nailed me because if it's in a basket and I can see it, good. Because if I can't, I can't find it. So, mm. you know, so my my classroom is all open and that is, is good. I mean, if it's in a drawer or something, it's going to stay there for a long, long time. But that <laughs> helps you. Even... I, I like bookshelves because you see them. You do see them. And, but, and now, you know, to get wire baskets and not baskets that are opaque, you know? Yeah. I, I guess you kind of already knew that about me because every time for a long time there, you would bring me a wire basket. Yeah, and I was I like, guess so. <laughs> yeah, you knew, you knew you got a sneak preview or something. And I, I just, uh, man, I'm not kidding you. It has a lot of little jewels on it. It's not a very, I was trying to find the number of pages. This is a quick read for people. What do you think? Is about 120 pages? 100 yeah. and yeah. 127. Did you didn't you love her part on facing fear? And I highlighted this. It says, um, see, even when we face fear, it's a matter of choosing to look at it head on and not give not give it ground in our soul. And then I skipped mm-hmm. a few things and then it says, if fear takes root in our hearts, it will begin to whittle away our dreams at our confidence and our security. So mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. So it's, it's really about not giving fear a place in your home. And then I like how she even said, if her and her husband were struggling with fear, it would kind of come out with her kids. And so I think that's important to know too, like our kids are picking up stuff, even if we're not telling them. So it's really important how we are processing things and that we're taking stuff to God. Yeah. Because they see that in you and like her daughter was having nightmares because of their unrest Mm-hmm. because she picked up on that well I mean and th- but this book has made me talk to kids a little bit differently at school because uh one little girl got hit in the stomach really hard with the when they were kick doing kickball and um everybody said oh are you okay and she's over there by me crying and, and everything well then she goes back out there again and gets kicked in the stomach again <laughs> well then she comes back and then I say to them I said guys we need to play something where some people are not going to get killed here you know exaggerating a little bit well so I said this is not how you play kickball anyway you're not doing it about right so I started trying to tell them the rules they had like 10 balls and they were just kicking them and I said you know I I I, I think that's just a recipe for danger anyway I so I so there was the wounded girl and two boys came over there and we played kickball where you roll it in and just the regular one Mm -hmm. well everybody else dropped out because they didn't unless it was bedlam 
they didn't want any part of it. So when we're going in, this one little girl said, oh, I'm sorry that she got hurt. And I said, no, you're not. If you were sorry, then you would have came over there and played the right way. But you, you went off and did your own thing. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't empathetic. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me like, what? And then this other boy said, I said, well, yeah, why'd you walk off? And he said, well, because I didn't want to do it the right way. And I said, so you wanted to do what you want to do. And he said, yeah. And I said, how'd that feel? And then well, they thank all, you for your honesty. <laughs> and they were just like, whoa, okay. But I'm saying you were giving, you're just giving lip service. That's just lip service. That's fake. I said, don't be fake. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, because keep it real all throughout her book. You know, I mean, it, you, you, she said, be real and be genuine with kids. They mm-hmm. need to see the real you. If you don't mm-hmm. like something, if you don't do, they need to know it and don't be fake. And yes. I said, you know, I'm not going to be fake. And so they got a picture of genuine. I don't, uh, some of them didn't like it. But of course, the two that did do it, they felt pretty good. They were like, yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> we did just what she said. Yeah. This is another thing on fear that I'd underline on page 102. Uh, fear is the opposite of love and faith. We desire that the foundation of faith they build be based, or they build on, be based upon the reality of who Jesus is not the fear of what could happen to them if they don't choose him. Fear may be a sufficient motivator to force a decision, but it will never motivate to intimacy. And I thought that was so powerful. And I feel like our society, again, that kind of goes ties back to what we were saying, like how the, our, the world views God. Um, it, a lot, and there's, there's fear as respect, but this is more of the fear of like fear of going to hell type thing. And so, the opposite of that is love and that's really you know to see like to be thankful and see the see his loving nature and all of that that that's what motivates you to intimacy and want to know more fear doesn't do that you know fear keeps you keeps you away so well fear paralyzes you mm-hmm. really and i think that's what our media we we know you know years ago people had news at like six o'clock at night and ten o'clock at night and that was it but now you are inundated with news all the time. And it's kind of paralyzing the whole, the whole society. They're just paralyzed. That's they're feeding on that. And like, she also says in here, how powerful words are. Well, mm-hmm. if you're read, if you're just feeding on negative words, wouldn't that just be eating like toxic waste? If yeah. you were, you know, putting it in your digestion. I mean, it's terrible. I was just like, mm. powerful. I, that's why I like the, um, now I can't think of the name of it. It's I get an email and I think you listen to the podcast. It's the pour news. over, pour over. Yeah. I think that's such a good solution if you're looking for something like you, you want to be informed, but you don't want to be just overwhelmed with uh, negativity. Is the pour over and you need to either get an email or listen to the podcast. And basically, it's just like a five minute what's going on in the world, but it's it's through uh, they keep you grounded. Um, through scripture through that too is so and you get a quote don't forget and you get a quote yeah yeah on friday it was gk chesterton fairy tales don't teach us that uh dragons exist they teach us that dragons can be overcame or something like that so and i love that quote and they've had c.s lewis quotes and i mean they have some really really good quotes and uh and scriptures but it does put it in light of what 
what society focuses on. So you can actually listen to that on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I think that's a healthy dose. I don't think you need to be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand, even though ostriches don't do that. But, uh, <laughs> but I think it's a healthy dose so you can at least be uh, in tune with what's going on. But yeah, yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. Good connection. 100%. Another thing I kind of disagree with her on is she says children are naturally inquisitive. They, hers may be, and I think she's good to um, probably limit screen time, but as a whole, kids are not that inquisitive anymore. Having taught since 1981, I can tell you, I, I see it every day, that kids just aren't asking as many questions as they used to. Oh, They're see, not. I didn't, I didn't think that because mine are super inquisitive. So I'm yep. like, but you, yeah, I'm, I'm bombarded with questions. But you yeah. limit screen time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And both of uh, my grandkids have limited screen time and I'm thankful for that. But uh, believe me, it, it something about, and I think Dr. Leith goes over this uh, in her books, uh, it does thwart your natural development of your brain and it just makes you yeah because now I have to teach how to ask questions now when I had you in class I never never taught that ever mm -hmm. I, we, we did a minute book talks where you were in the in class to get you to be quiet after a minute you know you're mm -hmm. trying to do a look we call them book commercials or something well now nobody can talk a minute over a book and you so, think that screen time is the culprit well, I think that's the only thing that's really changed that much. And the, the situational awareness guy, uh, Brian Searcy, he said that that he sees that, that that has just went way, way down as far as being situationally aware. And I asked him, well, when did it start? And he said, well, it started in the 60s when people quit being parents. They, they quit parenting because they wanted to do their own thing. So then those kids grew up and they didn't, they weren't parented. So they didn't know how to parent. So they just did their own thing. So you've got a lot of people who are just doing their own thing. And it says a child left to himself is not a good thing. I mean, it's just not. So, and he said he never taught his kids. He showed them like to be situationally aware. He, 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 he modeled it. And that's how you, instead of teaching your kids, don't tell a lie. Well, you give money back when someone pays you too much money. You're teaching them that way. And that ties in with a quote that she said on page one, uh, 111. If we want our children to receive, receive what we say, then we must live it. So powerful. Yes. And that's what you're saying, like that he did. He he didn't just tell him he showed him. And so mm -hmm. I think I think that's but that's what's cool about parenting is that I feel like it has helped me grow like it, it's and I, that's one of my favorite quotes I think I saw my friend have that on their Facebook but it they it says something like I never knew as a kid I was watching my parents grow up and that's so true because I'm like it really being a parent helps you grow up and helps you learn so many things you wouldn't learn otherwise well I think it for one thing you know it does help us to know the relationship to have a child and to like to lose a child like God sent his son to die for us. You don't really understand that if you don't have a kid. Mm -hmm. And then when you have a kid, then that really puts that, you know, you're like, and you want what's best for that kid. And you're, you're, you're going to make mistakes. And, and I think uh, the best thing 
uh, to do is, you know, just own that and go forward. Like we were just talking about the learning traits and we were, we're going to add humility to the learning traits. And I think that needs to be there because as a, as a person, when you have that first baby, man, that is a big giant dose of humility. Cause you think, I know nothing. I know yeah. nothing. And then even when you have the second one, you think, Hey, wait a minute, God, I thought I was an expert. Now <laughs> I thought I knew something. And then you say, <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I guess those people that had 10 or 12, I mean, it was probably kept going. I mean, you, th- you think you're going to know something, but they're all different. Every single one. I I agree. So it's, but it, I think, like you said, keeps us humble. <laughs> I mean, it does because I, I'm just like, uh, I, I think, um, do you know when you're making your I am statements and you can try to make those positive, but you can also ask for, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I need some guidance here. <laughs> I think I'm in need of guidance, but mm-hmm. I was thinking of positive I am statements. And I think everybody should say, I am gifted by God and figure out what that gift is because I'm wonderfully uh, made. Yeah. I mean, that's scriptural. I'm wonderfully made. I'm chosen because God chose you. Oh, speaking Um, of chosen, do you remember what she said? What was it that she said? Speaking of choices, when you have choices, you have these um, behind each eyebrow, there's like a sense of right and wrong. Do you remember something about that? Yeah, I do remember because we talked about that too. Like the old cartoons where they had a, a devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. I'm like, that's, that's actually accurate. You know? Yeah. I couldn't remember which, where that was, but she was saying that uh, we have the power of choice. Was that near the front of the book? But anyway, that was near the front. It was interesting because somebody got that right and they probably didn't even mean to, but in this other, in another part, uh, she wouldn't let her kids complain or gripe. She'd say, you have to tell me what you want. Mm-hmm. not what you don't want which in the bible how many times does it say do everything without complaining or and, and that's a hard scripture yeah so what do you want and that kind of keeps it um you know oh it's about choice i uh what, see it's about choice i, I read it's uh page 40 Oh, good job. The lateral frontal pole is the region of the brain that makes you wonder if you have done something wrong, which, you know, people say, let your conscience be your guide. But, you know, you thought, think that might be molded by your by society or by environment. But and whether or not you would have been better off to do something different. One of the coolest things about this part of your brain, which is about the size of a Brussels sprout, is that you have two different poles located behind each eyebrow. It is unique only to humans, and it fascinates me. We have places specified in our brain that talk to us about good and bad and right and wrong. We have the ability to reason and to choose. thought that was good. Yeah. That's super cool. And that's good to let your kids know, too, like that that, that they get to choose. This yeah, is, you have a Brussels sprout. A <laughs> your Brussels sprout <laughs> brain part. But I mean, I think that's good to tell kids that you, you know, what do you say? You said that you tell the boys if it's wrong, if it feels, if it feels hard, then that's probably the right thing to do. Yes. Or something like that. Yes. If you have a choice and the, there's an easy way and a hard way. Yeah. The the hard way is probably the right way. (laughs) Because like that little boy said, well, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Well, see that, that was the easy thing to do. 
but 100%. instead of helping out. So yeah, I just thought that was uh, was good. Yeah, I didn't even realize you gave me this book. I don't know. You came in and and then you said, well, let's read imprinted. And I said, I don't think I have that book. You said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. When when I met um, Tyann at the the wedding and it, her husband, she didn't tell me. Her husband said um, that she'd written a book, and I was like, well, what is it? And um, anyway, so I was, which I I'm a family studies major, so I'm super interested in um family studies and relationships and stuff like that and so i i just found this hugely interesting and what one of my favorite parts too that she talks about these simple sayings and one of them is give me your hands and eyes and so i've tried to do that and it's so much more effective because it's like when when there's something you want to say to your child and get their attention it's give me your hands and your eyes and so when you're holding their hands and looking in their eyes they're just they automatically pay more attention to you and and I like that she said when you look them in the eyes, look with love. So if mm-hmm. you're upset, then you need some time. You, you you need because they they take that even more to heart how you look at them. And I was like, that's really made me aware of okay, am I looking with love in my eyes? You know, because that's what I want them to see. Mm-hmm. Even if even if I'm getting onto them, I still want them to see the love. You know, so I was like, that really helped me kind of like put words to that. I'm like, okay, I need to look with loving eyes and then make sure that we're connecting first. So. My favorite sayings, I had a couple were, uh, I like the one where she said, obey all the way the first time. I like mm-hmm. that. And then, uh, and then if they tell you something, if they're disobeying, then you say, oh man, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so sad. And then uh, I like this one and she says she got it from somebody, but she uses it all the time. Asked and answered. So uh, ask and answer just connects with a movie. I just saw Kirk Cameron's family. They made a movie called Mercy Rules. And the little boy keeps asking the coach, can I pitch? Can I pitch? And he says, no, no, no. I said, what that coach needed was this saying right here, ask and answered. Yeah. <laughs> he's asked it and he's answered it. And he, she said, that just does wonders. Yes. And in that, in that list was the, I don't receive that. That's in there. And then the happy face freeze. Oh, that was a good one. Explain that one. Well, it it kind of connects with the Bible recap because she said, because well, when she wants them to have joy, they all have to have, the, if they're grumpy and everything's all we have to do to choose joy, everybody goes happy face free. So you make a happy face. She said, you can't be grumpy with a happy face. And she said they do it on her. It works oh, both yeah. ways. So if they say happy face freeze, well, you have to stop and. And, you know, there is some, it's funny because the, the, the boys, they go to MMA and at the end of the class, that's one of the things that their instructor makes them do, you know, like he says, toes touching, shoulders back, eyes forward, chin up, smile big. So they all, and, and literally when, cause we're watching, but I can't help but smile when everyone's smiling at me. It's so yeah. funny. It, so everyone leaves smiling. So I love that. Oh, tell them what else Master Pollen says about the inch. Because, you know, when you get a book like this, you want to implement it all. But you just do a little bit at a time. Be better today than you were yesterday. But what does he say about gradual improvement? That is a great point. He says, inch by inch, it is a cinch. Yard by yard, it's really hard. And that's just, you know, do something. And you talked about that consistency. So take one thing and be consistent at it. And then slowly add something else that you want to change. And inch by inch, it's a cinch. And then, you know, you'll look back and. 
I love that because you know when you know when I do a book, I'm circling that and I'm circling that, and I also like for for parents. I'm I don't have any kids at home, but I wish I'd have had this. I you choose or I choose, but I kind of did that naturally. But you give them the option, but if they're going to take all day to choose, then you choose. Mm-hmm. You choose or I choose. And the last one, she says, "Do you need some brave?" Yes. And I, I don't do that. the brave at school, but I say, "Do you need some self control? Come and stand by Miss Barnes, and I'll share." <laughs> That's a, that's a great connection. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. Well, when I'm reading, uh, when I'm reading aloud, there's this one little boy, he wants to whistle through a pen cab or all that, but he, and he comes, of course he may want to be up there by me, but anyway, her last one says, because you are a McClendon. And I said, you could put, because you are a believer. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, you may have to do this all by yourself. You know, Th- this, this book, she thinks it's just for parents, but it could be for a single person. I mean, oh, it could help sure. anybody, you know. Oh, yeah. Because oh, I mean, who doesn't so want to have, to, who doesn't need to work on their identity? Mm-hmm. I think we all do. Oh, for sure. But thank you so much for giving it to me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad that you read it. And um, it was, it was a fun read. It's one that I'll probably go back and reread again. Yeah. Um, because it's just, you kind of forget some stuff. And um, it's just a good one to be reminded of some of those things, you know, just. Well, you're going to, gonna, you're going to apply it. You're going to apply it inch by inch. See, inch by, inch inch, by yeah. inch. It'll be a cinch. So I think that's a wrap on imprinted discovering and parenting your child's identity. We enjoyed it and we highly recommend it. Nearly impossible and impossible are not the same thing. So go embrace the nearly possible. <laughs> yeah. I like nearly it. impossible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love you lots. Keep on reading.